This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Utah is prime dino-hunting country. Fossils representing more than 115 dinosaur species have been unearthed inside the state's borders. Most of these species weren't identified until recently, as in within the past 29 years. Uh, Truly, this is a golden age for paleontology in the Rocky Mountain West. One of the beasts found there, indeed one that seems to be totally unique to Grand County, Utah, is the Utah Raptor. A carnivorous dinosaur with frightful claws, it lived around 135 million years ago and boasts a few Jurassic Park connections, as the name Raptor suggests. Uh, Yet, by various estimates, Utah Raptor could grow to be 15, 18, or perhaps even 23 feet long. That's from about four and a half to seven meters. That could make this dino a whole lot bigger than any raptor in Steven Spielberg's filmography. The Utah Raptor was named the state's official dinosaur in 2018. But this eventual home of the Utah Jazz basketball team and the Great Salt Lake looked very different when Utah Raptor reigned. About 135 million years ago, the Jurassic period of Earth's geologic history was coming to a close. It was followed by the Cretaceous period, which lasted until a mass extinction event about 66 million years ago that killed off the last of the dinosaurs, except for birds. Utah Raptor lived early in the Cretaceous. 
At that time, the face of Utah was transforming, thanks in no small part to everyone's favorite pretzel topping, salt. Without it, we might not know that Utah Raptor ever existed. Okay, long before even the first dinosaurs showed up, there was a deep basin along what's now the Utah-Colorado border. Seawater flowed in, and as it evaporated, it left behind giant piles of salt that were literally thousands of feet tall, that is, hundreds and hundreds of meters. Rocky debris later covered up those salt beds. As time passed, the now-underground cache of salt started getting deformed by this heavy overlying material. Parts of Utah's terrain were raised up by the shifting salt. Other spots dipped down. Grand County was one of those places where this movement, or salt tectonics, created big depressions across the landscape. And in the early Cretaceous, these became the home of vibrant ponds and lakes. It was a perfect environment for future fossils. North America was a fairly dry place in those days, and erosion was rampant. But here, the inflow of water and sediment to these low-elevation lakes did a good job of covering up and preserving the bodies of the animals that died there. Animals like the Utah raptor. The two oldest assemblages of Cretaceous dinosaurs in the entire North American fossil record are both preserved in Grand County rocks. For the article this episode is based on, HowStuffWorks spoke via email with Jim Kirkland, Utah's official state paleontologist. He explained, About 135 million years ago, local subsidence in Grand County uniquely preserved a series of lakes and ponds teeming with lungfish, chainmail-covered bony fish, and spiny sharks. Utah raptor-stocked iguanodonts and young sauropods, while the heavily spined and armored Gastonia looked on. Iguanodonts were beaked animals, uh, sauropods were long-necked giants, and Gastonia was a type of armor-plated dinosaur built like a living tank. All of them had vegetarian diets, though flowering plants hadn't developed yet. Most of the vegetation there consisted of conifers and ferns. A Utah raptor was the biggest type of raptor, with an estimated weight of about 600 to 800 pounds, or 250 to 350 kilos. They would have been about the size of a large black bear or a small grizzly. As for the infamous Velociraptor, it likely weighed in at just 85 pounds or so, about 40 kilos. A native of late Cretaceous Asia, the real Velociraptor was a small-bodied predator far removed from its Hollywood namesake. The raptors in the Jurassic Park franchise were inspired by larger species. Uh, but like all of these relatives, Utah raptor had an outsized sickle-shaped claw on each foot. The animals held these claws upright as they walked. The claws had a core of bone measuring up to 8.7 inches, that's 22 centimeters long. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like modern eagles, Utah raptor must have had keratin sheaths covering its claw bones, which would have made these weapons even bigger than their naked skeletons suggest. A Utah raptor's arsenal was rounded out with long claw-tipped arms and a mouthful of serrated teeth all the better for tearing flesh. 
technically, the first Utah raptor fossils on record were discovered by paleontologist Jim Jensen of Brigham Young University in 1975. However, and nobody knew quite what to make of these until a team led by Kirkland dug up another set of raptor bones in 1991. A Utah raptor got its official name when Kirkland and his colleagues published a paper introducing the animal in 1993, which, fittingly, is the same year that Jurassic Park stomped into theaters. The creature's full scientific name, Utah raptor Ostromazy, salutes raptor expert John Ostrom and animatronics creator Chris Mays, who'd helped the research effort. Scientists did consider calling the dino Utah Raptor Spielbergi after a certain movie director, but that never came to pass. Utah Raptor remains are known from four different localities across Grant County. One of these sites has yielded a nine-ton sandstone megablock filled with assorted dinosaur bones. According to researchers, that's probably what's left of a Cretaceous quicksand-type pit. Some iguanodont bones are included in the mix, but the real highlight is the raptor material. Kirkland says that the block has yielded fossils from dozens of individual Utah raptor. And in a stroke of luck, many of those were babies or juveniles when they died. That could bring us a few steps closer to understanding how this fearsome predator grew up. Today's episode is based on the article, Utah Raptor, The Salty Saga of a Killer Dinosaur, on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Mark Mancini. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz, this time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.